Welcome back to the NL Central Whip Around. We got another week of baseball under our belt. This is week three. The Yelly and Belly era is back in the NL Central this time. We've got some real ball being played in the Midwest. Second best league-wide ranking in the entire league after the, I believe, NL East. So that's uh, that's pretty good. These teams, Pirates, are kind of looking like a wagon so far. Cubs um overperforming brewers of course taking on the entire west coast it feels like um i'm joined by my two co-hosts ben and ryan ben how are you doing i'm doing good i I appreciate you asking i mean my my baseball team the reds aren't doing too good they're fading a little bit the pitching has been atrocious but uh, overall just in general spirits are high and um it's i mean again it's good to be a sports fan right now in general i know this is a baseball podcast but with with baseball and uh NBA draft or not NBA draft NFL draft in the NBA playoffs. I mean, I'm thoroughly enjoying this, this period of time as we move forward towards the summer. Yeah, this is the best time of the year, in my opinion, at least for baseball. And then the NHL playoffs as well. Uh, Ryan, I know you got some strep this week, but you're still joining us powering through the flu game. How are you doing? The flu game, man. Yeah, I got strep. I was out of, out of action. Uh, I was, I guess I'm on the uh, two day uh, injured list on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, but I'm, I'm back to uh, batting 500, I guess they would say today, and uh, for hopefully a while. So um, one one bone I have to pick with you, um, overperforming. You, you didn't expect the Cubs to start 12 and seven. No, come on. Adam. I've been very clear about this. Very clear. <laughs> I didn't expect them to start 12 and seven either. So uh, I'm living high right now, man. Uh, the Cubs yeah. are, like you said, overperforming, and it's been a joy to watch, uh, except for today, obviously. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, no, today was a joy was... to watch. It just didn't end how you wanted it to. You can't you can't be upset with you winning like 13 to nothing. That, that was is, a joy okay. to watch. That yeah, is very yeah. true. That is very true. I just didn't get the monumental. You when know. Drew Smiley can go five innings, period, you're happy. That is, yeah. <laughs> Much less eight. Perfect. All righty. Uh, let's get into this. We'll start with the first place team. The Brew Crew is 14 and five, followed up by the 13 and seven Pirates, 12 and seven Cubs. Cardinals sitting below 500 at 8 and 11, and the Reds at 7 and 12. Brewers took on the Padres and the Mariners, two of my favorite teams out there on the West Coast, period. And they took three out of four versus the Padres, and they swept the Mariners, who are kind of scuffling as well. This is this is a heck of a turnaround um, from the last couple of years that they've kind of been a middling team. Um, I'm really impressed with how they're performing so far. We'll get into that a little bit later. Pirates took two out of four versus the Cardinals, swept the Rockies, and they won yesterday against the Reds, and they are currently playing right now, so we'll see how that comes out. Cubbies took two out of three versus the Dodgers, uh, swept the A's, and then came back, and they have won one of two so far versus the Dodgers. Cardinals took two out of four versus the Pirates and one out of three versus the Diamondbacks. And finally, in last place, we've got the Reds taking two out of four versus the Phillies, one out of three versus the Rays, and they lost yesterday to the Pirates. And again, they are playing right now. All right, guys, what are your general thoughts on the on the division so far this year? We'll get into the teams a little bit, but are there any major takeaways that you guys are seeing? I mean, I don't necessarily know if there's a major takeaway. I I just think there's no like real clear powerhouse. Like, I mean. If you look around at the other divisions, you look at the NL East, it's the, the Braves and Mets. They are World Series contenders. You look at the, the NL West, and even though they haven't necessarily taken off yet, the Dodgers are always going to be there. And even the Padres, you just get Tatis back. But you look at the NL Central, it's like, 
is there a team in here that even is going to win a playoff series? I don't necessarily know. It's the Brewers right now have been impressive, but it's just very like middle of the pack average teams that have gone on like decent stretches. And then you see uh, the bottom feeders like the Cardinals and the Reds so far who have had so, some poor stretches. So I don't really know if there is a clear takeaway right now. It is just a very, I mean, it's, I don't want to say like bad division because you have multiple teams over 500, three of them, in fact, and then everyone expects the Cardinals to get there at some point, but it's just like a, it's just a meh division right now. The one thing I will say um, is that I'm just quite excited, obviously a Cubs fan, but just excited to see what the Cubs and Pirates are doing right now. I mean, neck and neck Pirates 13 and seven Cubs 12 and seven. And usually the Pirates just don't start off good. So maybe this is a new year for them. I know they have a bunch of young talent there. McCutcheon coming back definitely helps them out. I know he's been getting on base a lot for them. He's even hit a couple of big home runs in the past week. So I think that's exciting to see. And um, I don't know. It's kind of like Ben said, there's really not a clear front runner here. And obviously there's so much baseball to be played still. But one of the things I always disliked was when people said the NL Central's the the weakest league in the central uh, weakest league in the division rather. And I'm really hoping that changes this year because a lot of these teams might be special, but a lot of these teams could also fall off. Yeah. We've definitely got some dudes out here in the Midwest. Uh, speaking of um, we've got a former dude um, who is actually starting to come back a little bit for the brewers. And that's a perfect segue. We'll talk about these brewers here now. Um, I think a major story here is uh, Yelich is is batting average on base still kind of low, but he's starting to slug the ball a little bit now. Got two home runs, three stolen bases in the last week. Uh, he's only got three RBIs, but his swing is just looking and feeling better. And that comes along with um, these Brewers are just they are going off against some good teams. Three out of four versus the Padres. That's a team that hasn't fully come into their own yet. Obviously, Tatis just coming back right after that series uh, closed out. But I mean, that's still a very impressive win. Um, if you can go into or no, they were. Yeah, they went to San Diego into that newly raucous building that's been reinvigorated these last couple of years. Take three out of four. That's very tough to do. And then you go up to Seattle, a team with so much momentum, at least coming into the year. They've kind of scuffled to start, but a team with so much momentum and sweep them. I mean, sweeping any team in Major League Baseball is a tough thing to do. I will stand by that. I mean, if you are the best team in baseball going up against the worst, it is still hard to sweep a team, um, especially at their home stadium. So, I mean, it's very, very impressive from the Brewers so far. Um, we'll go to the Reds uh, next. Ben, how are you feeling about those Reds? I mean, it's certainly been a, a rougher period of time, and I'm I think I'm happy to to like say that they they do split two out of four with Philadelphia, a team that is obviously the defending NL champions, and to take even a game against the Rays, and you never want to be content with losing a series, but in the current form that the Reds roster is constructed, with maybe like half of a lineup of of real decent hitters in there, and barely two two thirds of a pitching staff. Like it's a team that has so many holes. So to, to find some wins and for the most part, play teams close. Um, I think it's been progress. Although this week they did not play teams close because for the Reds right now, the last turn to the rotation has been an absolute train wreck. When you look right now and you knew the top three of this rotation was going to be green, Lodolo, Ashcraft. And then it was just going to be whoever else could fill out the back until they have some future prospects take over those roles, whether it is Andrew Abbott, Connor Phillips, Brandon Williamson, if you figure out the walks, but right now, Luis Sessa and his start against uh, the Phillies on Sundays got absolutely rocked, gave up nine runs in the first inning. Um, and then you, you follow that up the next day with Hunter green, three shutout innings. Well, then he takes a comeback or off the leg and has to leave the game with an injury. 
Day after that, you you have Nickel Dole who gave up eight runs, barely made it four innings. Then the day after that, Levi Stout, who was making his MLB debut, gives up six runs in the first inning. So that there is six straight or six or uh, four four straight starts where where the starting pitching is either giving up six runs or more, or just not going deep into the ball game in Green's case because of the injury. So I think it's tough to win games when the offense feels like they're already out of it before they even come to the plate. So that's been the biggest issue. I. I I think for the case of like Sessa, it's, I don't really care because that's not a guy who's in the long-term starting rotation plans. And for Levi Stout, I don't really think he was ready. He was put pushed into a spot start. But for a guy like Lodolo, I'd mention to see how he bounces back. I'm interested to see how Green comes back from an injury. And hopefully that continues. Maybe Graham Ashcraft, who's pitching right now as we're recording this, can be the stopper and they, they end the skid and grab a win. But right now it is – I don't even really need to talk about the offense because although it's been bad, they went through a back-to-back being shut out against the Rays. It is – absolutely the pitching right now because I don't think it can be understated what the morale is when your pitching staff your starter has already given up six plus runs when you've taken maybe one trip to the plate I think that's the biggest thing right now the rotation has to get back on track it's going to continue to have to be all the pressure on Green, Lodolo and Ashcraft and then you just hope you can get anything out of the pitchers that follow because Luke Weaver had his moments last night in his first start and hopefully that continues I think um, Ashcraft is definitely promising. Uh, it seems to me in this game so far, they're in the top of the fifth, and he he gave up a two-run single to Mark Mathias, which is really not ideal there. But um, I wanted to ask you a question as a as a diehard Reds fan. There's one player in your lineup that's batting over 300. Do you know who that is without looking? Um, I'm pretty confident it's TJ Friedel, correct? It's It's Jonathan India. Oh, okay. Frito, I think just dipped below three hundred. If it Frito's up, Frito, okay. Frito is up there. Okay, sure. so yes, India, India has been a catalyst at the top of the lineup. He looks much closer to his rookie of the year self. He dealt with injuries for most of the year last year, as uh, most fans of the division and NL Central know. But yeah, I mean, India has continued to be a presence. I like what they have at the top of the lineup with India. Frito has been great as a left-handed bat, and then you have Stevenson, obviously the uncatcher. But it's like. Jason Vossler, the dude stinks. I'm sorry. He's he's terrible. He's not a good baseball player. Um, and they just have got very little contributions from guys like Nick Senzel, the shortstop position, although Jose Barrero has had some okay moments. They haven't gotten a lot there. So the offense certainly needs to pick it up in the second half. But the reason I'm not as worried about that is because those needs – are at least planning to be filled by the top end of the prospects. It'll be Ellie De La Cruz, Christian Encarnacion, Schrantz. Like some of those problems, I think, in the next year or two, as the guys start to come up, we'll, we'll f- figure out themselves. But the more glaring need is can the starting pitching uh, start to turn itself around? But, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because India has been has been a force to the top of the lineup. India's been really good. And another guy is Spencer Steer. He's 54 yeah. at bats. He's only struck out 10 times. I think he's definitely – pretty promising player for you guys as well. I like him a lot as a potential guy to be the long-term, uh, whether it's third baseman or they move him around because of all the infielders that they have coming up through the system. But you look back on it, they trade Tyler Malley, a, a pretty good controllable young pitcher last season. They not only get Steer, who's already making an impact now, but uh, they, they also re- return Christian Encarnacion and Strand, who we think could even be even better than Steer. So like you look at the top of this lineup, India at 309, Frito at 294 and Steer at 296. I mean, it's it's three guys that put the bat on the ball and get on base so far. So I think that that is a promising sign to see. It's just when you get through the middle of this lineup and you look at the bottom, it's like Will Myers, 221, Jason Vossler, 175, Nick Senzel, 189, and then Barrero, 229. It's kind of it's kind of getting into a wasteland down there. So that's that's the biggest thing that needs to change. Yeah, I feel you there. Uh India, famously one of my favorite players in baseball that's not 
on the Cardinals roster uh, right now. But I just, you know, these Reds, I'm hoping there's something more coming out, like you talked about uh, the back end of the of the lineup, the rotation. I think everything will kind of even out, especially with the quality of arms and Green, Ashcraft, Lodolo. I mean, it is a such a long season, and things just kind of even out. Six-game stretches mean almost nothing because you can go on a six-game tear where you allow two runs and then no runs and then one run uh, for those six games. So it's just... It's just it, it ebbs and it flows, especially with a team like this um, getting going. Um, but we will hop over to the Pirates. And I believe, uh, Ben, you're on the Pirates today. Uh, yeah. You want to keep us going there? Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on that. And, and by the way, this, these two teams, Reds and Pirates, playing in the second of a four-game series. Reds just did just knock two in to tie it. 2-2 in the fifth, so that could be a, a big game, whether it's if Pirates take the lead and win that one, then they just got to win one or two to take the series, and then if the Reds can come back, they've still got an opportunity to take the series. So the final four or five innings of that one will be interesting, especially if the Reds can get two to three more out of Ashcraft and the Pirates two to three more out of Mitch Keller. But for the Pirates, I mean, that streak, if the Reds score another run or two, might snap tonight, but until tonight, Pirates have gotten 10 straight quality starts out of their starting pitching, and I mentioned that's that's the kind of the downfall of the Reds for the Pirates. That's what's kind of keeping them up right now. You can look. Um, it's an interesting rotation because it's anchored by some younger guys like Mitch Keller, who we've seen take that step forward because uh, he struggled since he came up a couple years ago. Um, Randy Contreras had a quality start last night. Those two at the top contributing to the quality starts. And then in the middle of the back, it's like 40-something-year-old Rich Hill, who's played on every single team in the MLB, it feels like. And then Vince Velasquez, who's bounced around the past couple of years with the Phillies and White Sox last year. So it's an interesting collection of arms, yet they're getting the job done. And for Pittsburgh, if you get to the back uh, late in the game and you're trailing, I mean, it's going to be real tough because Bednar, their closer, is absolutely nails and can uh, really move move the ball as a, as a pitcher. So their pitching has been the story, I think, to hit on. But the offense certainly has their pieces, too. We're finally seeing Brian Hayes stay on the field. Um, had an unbelievable double play in the field last night. McCutcheon is McCutcheon. Um, only thing I'll say about the Pirates' offense, it's a little bit interesting because I think there's some players that are making big impacts for this team on offense that like aren't necessarily a part of their future. So you kind of got to balance that out to where it's like, okay, we are winning now, but is an Andrew McCutcheon, is a Carlos Santana, is a, play, a couple players like that that are mainstays right now the guys that are going to be here long-term through our next playoff contending team. And you kind of have to see how can we get our young guys, guys playing time, but also we want to compete right now. And do the pirates, I don't think want to be picking number one again, come next summer as they are this summer. So um, as good as it has been to see, I think I'm sure they'll try and get as much young guy playing time as possible. It sucks that O'Neill Cruz got hurt, but I mean, you can't ask for much more as a Pirates fan to be sitting here on April 21st and look up and you're 13 and seven. So um, the pitching will continue to be the storyline and it's just can can top of the lineup guys like Brian Hayes continue to take steps forward. Yeah, so I'm going to hit on two players here that I technically think will be part of the future for the Pirates. And the first one is Jack Sawinski, who I think kind of had a slow start, but Lately, he's been hitting the ball really well. In his last 15 games, he's had 10 hits, 5 home runs, and 10 RBIs. And his last 7 games, 7 hits, 4 home runs, and 6 RBIs. And uh, Sawinski, also one of only two players that has double-digit RBIs. With Actually, I'm sorry, Carlos Santana somehow has 11. I had no idea about that. But Sawinski has 10, and then Brian Reynolds has 17. But... Another guy I wanted to point out is just seems to be an on-base machine right now for the Buckos, and that is Connor Joe. He's batting 353, which no one else on the Pirates is even close to 300 right now besides him. 
Um, so I think that he's doing very well. I've always liked Connor Joe, especially with his stint in Colorado as well. So it's good that he's finally getting some everyday play, it looks like. And, uh, I mean, obviously, Juwan Bay, he's still very special, and he's still going to have great weeks ahead, too. It's also awesome to see Andrew McCutcheon up there in RBIs. And, um, you know, he's third on the team, or second on the team, rather, uh, in home runs with four, and then Sawinski and Reynolds have five. But um, I think this is a team that is just getting hot really, really soon, and I hope it stays like that. But this is a long, long season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say on the Pirates. We can keep on moving. Ryan, you want to take us to the Cubs? Take us to Wrigley. Yeah, I just uh, I want everyone to know it's 2023, and Cody Bellinger has 14 RBIs. He's batting 301, and Trey Mancini has 12 RBIs, and he's batting 246. And these are two players that everyone said is washed up and will never be good again. Do I think Cody Bellinger will be back to his was a 2019 form. I don't believe so um, because I don't think he'll be able to keep this up. He's hitting very well. Um, I mean, just more on him right now. He has five home runs. He's He seems to just be getting on base, a 381 on base percentage, 562 slugging percentage. Um, but it's just guys like them who are just, we really need, the Cubs really need to step up. And, and Trey Mancini hits a homer today. Cody Bellinger hits a homer today. Cody Bellinger absolutely just destroying his old club. And, I mean, that's something you love to see as a Cubs fan. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little later, too, in the show. Uh, Eric Hosmer, I haven't really been such a fan of him. I know he had his first Cubs home run in Oakland, of all places. Um, but uh, I guess really just the last two things on the Cubs. Uh, Seiya Suzuki's back, and he's 7 for 11, I believe, against lefties right now. And he's absolutely hitting the ball well. Uh, and Patrick Wisdom, man, he is right now tied in the MLB with the most home runs. It's uh, it's pretty amazing to see. He has nine home runs. He's just been on a tear lately. And it would be awesome if he kept that up. 18 RBIs. So those really are the main guys. I think uh, Jan Gomes is doing a great job, too, at catching. And I think we can honestly answer that question that I brought up last week, which who's going to be our starter? Jan Gomes, I think he's the starter. He's He's hitting tremendously. Uh, and then we look at the pitchers, and our pitching has been actually pretty dang good. I mean, Drew Smiley, 2-1. and one, What he did today was nothing short of amazing. I mean, I think he went seven and two-thirds of a perfect game almost until David Peralta decided to dribble one two feet in front of Jan Gomes. And uh, Jan Gomes should probably grab that ball, but Drew Smiley tried to get it. They both kind of collided. Um but more, more than more or less, it was Jan Gomes who like jumped over Drew Smiley, and of course that's a hit. So uh, unfortunately, Smiley, beautiful outing for him today. I believe he had ten strikeouts and seven innings pitched, but he did only give up one hit the whole game. They just gave up one hit, and it would have been quite something if they could have got a perfect game. That would have been cool. Stroman seven point uh, seven five ERA, amazing right now. Steele one point four four. Our one two guys. Or just been has have just been locked down, and to see Drew Smiley pitch the way he did today, if he can keep that up, then we're gonna have one, two, three in the rotation. That's gonna look very good. Uh, Jamison Tyone unfortunately is on the 15 day injured list with an injury, um, so they did call up Javier Assad, but they also just optioned him today. So I don't know if maybe Jeremiah Estrada is gonna get that role. I don't know. Maybe Adrian Sampson will get it, but. I'm hoping Hayden Wisniewski can look a little bit better because he hasn't looked the best. Uh, he's one of my favorite players, and I do hope that he does get back to uh, the form that he is supposed to be in. 
And uh, I guess lastly here, I know I've been talking a lot on the Cubs. The bullpen has looked pretty dang good for them. And I thought that was something that's definitely going to be a struggle for them. But, I mean, they've looked great. Albert Alzerlai, um, Michael Rucker, Keegan Thompson, Brad Boxberger, Brandon Hughes, Michael F- – I'm just kidding. Michael Fulmer's looked horrible. But everyone else has uh, done a very good job for the Cubs. And, um, you know, I think their lineup right now kind of top to bottom has really – been able to hold their own. I know uh, Nico Horner, I saw something today, 36 games without a strikeout is pretty amazing. He just seems to hit the ball and find a way on. Dansby Swanson um, hasn't been as hot as he can be, so maybe he'll uh, get back on, he'll get back going. Um, And then Ian Happ has also came alive too. So, I mean, the whole lineup is really just stringing hits together and it's looking really good. I'm pretty sure you named all of the 26-man roster there. Man, yeah. No You're really, left really loving these Cubbies. <laughs> yeah, I mean... When we're playing good, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just excited, man. I get it. I, I love the energy. I, I keep, love the energy. You know, keep specifically... Talking about the Cubs. Oh, sorry, Adam. No, that's on me. I'll just, I was going to say, you keep talking about the Cubs while wearing a Chattanooga Lookouts hat, the uh, farm system of the Reds. So I see where your true <laughs> fandom lies. Hey, hang on. I play for the Chattanooga Lookouts on MLB The Show. We all do the show, all right? The true fans know. So I gotta play for the Lookouts. Got to hey, support. That's the reason that I've got my um, I've got my uh, Yard Goats hat in my closet. I got those Rockies AA team. Uh, all right. Yeah, so Bellinger, I mean, okay. I go back and forth on Bellinger. I make fun of him a lot, especially since 2019. But, I mean, if you just close your eyes and – if you just think this guy is 27 years old, he's got an MVP, he's got a rookie of the year, and he's got a gold glove. I mean, this guy has scuffled in the last couple of years for sure. Some major, major uh, struggles in the last couple of years. But he's only 27. I, it's it, it's it's crazy to me. This guy feels like he's been around forever. Um, it's only been the last, what, seven years or so, and he's already got an MVP, rookie of the year, gold glove. I mean, that's a that's a ball player who you want on your team. And sometimes I get caught up in the name and I want to make fun of Bellinger, especially now that he's on the Cubs. But I mean, you look at what he's done. You look at what he's doing right now, hitting over 400 in the last week. Um, I'm just very impressed by him. Um, and uh, now I will take us to the last team in the division, the Cardinals, before we get to our moment in players of the week. These Cardinals uh, took two out of four versus the Pirates and then one out of three versus the Diamondbacks. Um, this this team is very frustrating so far, but I just know I I just know that this team is better than they're playing. And I, I feel like I've said that for the first three weeks straight, but I really do believe it. And I know um, a ton of people, I, a ton of people are feeling the same way as me. This team's eight and 11. Um They're just not playing up to their their usual standards. And I know that's going to start to change here soon um you know the the starting pitching obviously needs to change i don't know if it's i don't know if it's an addition or uh bringing someone up um i was looking at the triple a team the triple a team the memphis redbirds have won 10 straight and uh they're only they've only allowed six or more runs twice in that stretch uh, it's mostly zeros, ones, threes. Um, it, it's always rough when you're when you've got World Series hopes, and then you're looking at the AAA team three weeks into the season. But I think that does. Um, I think that does uh, bring something up. You know that we, the Cardinals do have arms in AAA that could be starting right now, especially, especially, especially over Jake Woodford. Oh my gosh, I hate Jake Woodford. Um, all right, what are, what are you guys thinking about these Cardinals? 
Yeah. Um. So one thing I want to point out is that the leading home run hitter right now in the Cardinals is Nolan Gorman. Not Nolan Arnado, not Paul Goldschmidt, not Wilson Contreras. Nolan Gorman, of all people. So um, Nolan Gorman's been pretty good, though. So, I mean, I can't get too mad about that. Am Nolan I Gorman at- was, a, was a top 20 prospect in baseball like a year and a half ago. I so, I mean... I- so like when I'm looking at stats, Nolan Arnado and Paul Goldschmidt should definitely smack off the page like that. But other than that, I mean, as a Cubs fan, you know, I really hate to say it, but like the Cardinals are a second half team, and I truly believe that they're going to figure this yeah. out. And like I said, yeah, it's, this, it's not it's not who they are the way they're playing right now. Um, and I I don't know about you, man, but I think they need a new manager badly. Yeah, we've needed a new manager since Tony Larusa left, in my opinion. Mike Matheny was not the answer. Mike Schilt was not the answer. I knew the day that Oliver Oliver Marmol was hired, he wasn't the answer. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't know what you mean about Goldschmidt and Arenado not leading the team. They're hitting two ninety three and three thirteen respectively. Got a one fifty nine and one eleven op one eleven ops plus respectively. I mean that's those are good seasons still. As a Cubs fan, I'm just supposed to argue with you, man. Come on now. <laughs> I mean this this lineup. <clears throat> I'm looking at this lineup. Only one player below uh, average 100 OPS plus, and that's Jordan Walker with a 93. And he's 20 years old, and he's going to get better. We know that. And also yeah. Lars Newtbar has only played a couple games. He already has a 191 OPS plus. So as we know, uh, that will continue to stay that way, and he'll continue to be the best hitter of all time. But, I mean, this lineup this lineup is not where the questions are. I mean, the struggling hitting it with runners in scoring position – like I said last week, that will change over time. 162 games is a long time, and those levels of disparity don't usually stay. But it's the pitching that is getting us out of games. We're always having to fight and claw back for runs, and that's not a position that a winning team is in. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very good way to put it, whereas that's, I think, a, a team that's always fighting back and clawing back is can get you a wild card appearance. I mean, I think we saw that a lot with like the Mariners last year and the Orioles who just missed out. The Phillies were, were a team that was known for coming back late. And they, although they made it to the World Series, it took a wild card berth. But uh, it's, it's for the Cardinals, they're going to start needing to be able to play out in front with some leads and turn over the bullpen. We'll see. I do think despite his age that Adam Wainwright can be a very big um, re, reintro, reintroduction, kind of, a, I guess, addition to this rotation, just because that's some sense of stability and uh, veteran leadership at the top of the rotation. But this... I think it's going to, from from what my perspective is, it's going to be mainly the same group of guys that we used the first half of the season. So I think rather than switching up, it's just going to take a uh, more just improvement from the guys that are already there. Yeah, I know we're talking about getting mad bum a little bit. I've heard some whispers of that. I don't think it'll happen for a, for a number of reasons. I think he's actually done playing baseball for good, but that's just my own opinion. But I, one guy I'm looking at is Gordon Graceffo, one of the Cardinals' top prospects. Um, this guy was kind of like a Greg Maddox type of just throw a slow sinker ball, get some nice slider movement up until last year, until he popped out 97, 98 miles an hour in the minors. Now he's, uh, he's got a 3.27 ERA with 11 strikeouts in 11 innings so far this year. That's a guy who I wanted to, to be on the major league roster to start the season. I get why they didn't have that, but I think now's the go time, especially since I hate Jake Woodford with a burning passion. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. I will move on from my hatred um, and we will get to moment of the week. Uh, normally that's Ben, but we're going to let Ryan take care of that one because it's such a special one for him. Take us away. 
Yeah, yeah, very special for me. Uh, really wanted this man to be player of the week, but unfortunately he got beat out by someone else that we'll talk about later on. Um, but yeah, in, in his homecoming back to L.A., it was the bottom of the seconds. And uh, who steps in for the Dodgers? Well, none other than their newly acquired Jason Hayward. And he drove one to center field. But, oh, man, there's someone out there in center field that's all familiar with that ballpark, and it's Cody Bellinger, and he robs the homer. And the fans just I, – I think a lot of them were cheering, but a lot of them were booing for him, and it was it was just so cool to see. And then the next next up – next time up, Bellinger hit a homer. So I think he ended up getting three home runs uh, in a – I know they're playing the Dodgers right now, but so far he has three home runs against them and a decent amount of RBI. So he's really just torturing his old club, but – just to see him rob Hayward was just – that was the moment, I think, of the week for me. Um, I, I think you guys could probably say that that was the moment as well. I mean, you're being a new team, going back to your old club and just robbing him. I mean, robbing – basically robbing the new guy on the new team. So, I mean, it was pretty cool. Hayward absolutely crushed it, and I thought it was gone for sure. And then, man, Bellinger, he's, he's been so special out there in center field. Yeah, they basically traded teams. Hayward and Bellinger, a couple of uh, underperforming outfielders out there for the Cubbies. I'm just joking. <laughs> he almost got player of the week, and he probably should have. Um, but we got to give it to my boy, Wilson Contreras. Um, Ryan famously last week called him out, gave him the jinx, and I I am so grateful for that. He's He hit 391. Um and it looks like a 1,300 OPS in the last week. He's got two home runs, two stolen bases, seven RBIs, and my favorite part about a ball player, a man who can walk. He's getting those steps in. He's got five walks in the last seven days. That's that's a number that you look at. Um, even for me, above the home runs, and, and I, I just love a guy who strikes out as much as he walks. Uh, that's, that's one thing that I love in an offense. Um, yeah, do you guys have anything to say about Wilson? I'm assuming Ryan does. <laughs> I'll just say very quickly, we know Contreras is a guy that when he's going right can be the best bat in a lineup. In a lineup with St. Louis that is filled with studs, when he's going right, he can. we've seen him carry both Cubs offenses and for this past week be really a mainstay, if not for how good Nolan Gorman's been. So Contreras is a guy that when he's right um, is has like every capability to be uh, an all-star plus caliber player and he certainly showed that in a short sample size, just talking about a week, but he has been great. And I think very deservingly um, starting to make some new fans with his new fan base after that big contract, big expectations. And it's very early, but he's setting a standard a little bit, setting the bar. Uh, yeah, I got, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I seem to uh, some of my friends, and this is actually a true story. They actually call me a jinx. I don't know what it is, but some I legit jinx people. And I don't know why. I wish I didn't have that power, I guess, if you want to call it a power. But, I mean, I, I just jinx so many people. And you you knew it was only a moment of time until Contreras came along and he came alive. And, I mean, if you have that bat in the lineup now, that's that's pretty special. He's, he's definitely a player that's going to take a lot of walks for you guys. And, um He's definitely going to be one of the top players, I think, on this team. And if he's definitely finding it like I think he is, I mean, I think last game he had two homers. Um, I think, he, was it like six RBIs or something? I, I could be wrong, but he had a good game. Yeah, it was crazy. He had a he had a couple of bombs. Cardinals couldn't quite come back in that game, lost eight to seven. 
Um, all right. We will look ahead uh, to this next week. We got some schedule watching to do. Brewers take on the Red Sox and Tigers at home. A couple of historic franchises coming to the oh, what's their what's their zip code? It's on their it's on their city connect. Is it like four one? No, four one. I am not, I am not right. locked in enough to uh, to know that to know that one. Sadly, I know yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about too. The though. only thing on the top of my head is four one three. I don't know if I, that's. Crazy. I think so too. Top of my head. And we're a scuffed podcast, so we are not going to look that one up. We'll just yeah. keep on going. We got the Pirates um, taking on the Reds and Dodgers at home. Um, as the Dodgers continue to make their way through the NL Central, it feels like. Then we've got the Cubbies taking on uh, Dodgers right now and then Padres. Um, or Is that right? Yeah, Padres. Padres, Padres that's right. Then I believe Miami, maybe. Gotcha. Maybe Nationals, it, something. It's Nationals in Miami, the I, I'm normally good about getting them down, but I think I missed I think I messed that one up. Um, but then we got the Cardinals at Mariners and then at Giants for four taken on the West Coast. Um, and then last but very not least, uh, Reds at Pirates and then Reds versus Rangers. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Do you guys have anything else to say before we wrap this up? Um, I think it's just gonna be an exciting week ahead again. I know it's kind of like just um a record there was I always say that it seems like at the end of every show but I mean besides Ben Ben I love you buddy but it seems like all these other teams are just so exciting to watch and I know for Ben he has to be excited because I mean you got a bunch of young guys to watch too and I probably just jinxed my team we're gonna have a horrible week next week so there's that I love it yeah I mean a big week ahead for the Reds I would say just because there are some winnable matchups with with Pittsburgh despite how good they've been I think it's a team the Reds can hang with I mean they're two and two against them on the year they took the series in Cincinnati a couple weeks ago and then they get Texas at home and I don't know if it's directly to follow but not long after that they get Oakland who sucks we know they suck so uh, a chance for the Reds to get back on track pitching wise maybe get a little healthy if Hunter Green makes his next start and uh, start to maybe claw their way towards that that 500 mark I don't expect them to be a 500 team this year but uh, considering they're, I think seven and 12 is a pretty accurate representation. The only thing that has to turn for the Reds is they played, I believe the stat is six one on games and he's lost five of them. So if that evens mm-hmm. out, even just a That's little crazy. bit, then, then they're playing a little bit better baseball. And I think you can be happy with that. Yeah. Sounds a lot like the opposite of your, your Vikings this last NFL season won every single close game. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we will catch you guys next week after another week of baseball. We're finally getting into the swing of things. I've uh, got three weeks under our belt. We'll, we will see you back for week four. Thank you.